Hello, hello, listeners to the Third Way podcast. You know, it's um, a constant source of inspiration to speak with people and become friends with people that, that are converting their their skills into um, art and artful experiences and this rising of art. And, you know, having several artists on the show um my my all my son my sons are artists some you know paintings artists Caden is that way and is a painter and Logan Andre they're all art artists in some way so art has been part of who I am for for my whole my whole life um and so I met um our guest um a while ago a few months ago through um an organization a company that I have been mentoring for many years called Uninc and so I am joined today by Sonal Saveni, and Sonal is a very got a very interesting background because she's an entrepreneur, a filmmaker, an artist, a philanthropist. She's working on her PhD in psychology. Um, she uh, has a very unique perspective and very diverse perspective uh, on the on the world. And so, welcome, Sonal. Thank you, Justin. I am. Absolutely grateful to being here and having this very, um, you know, meaningful conversation with you. I appreciate you inviting me. Thank you. You bet. Yeah. And it's, you know, as, as many guests, you and I could talk about a lot of different things, a lot of different topics. Um, I think almost every guest I've had is a polymyth in some ways, um, multidimensional, certainly in, in their views and personality. Uh, but for today, we're spoke, we're speaking about on the top this topic of transformational healing and art. It's such an interesting combination of ideas because you know you can you, there's this you, this bias maybe that art is a skill that only a few people have, or art is a pastime, or art is something you do after. But what you're what you've been talking about and what kind of some of the stuff we've bonded over um, is this idea of art as a almost a, a spiritual and emotional healing modality, and that there's a responsibility from leaders, entrepreneurs like yourself, to create spaces for those for that that uh, intersection to happen. Yes. And I think it, you know, like I said, it it happened accidentally. It wasn't something I stumbled upon and said, okay, this is the solution. It happened in a way that how can I transform my life? How can I heal myself? And I turned inwards. And when I turned inwards, I needed to find an outlet to express those emotions. And, you know, yeah therapist, you have your friends, you have your family, and they'll have an answer to your question. But the innate questions that your body has, your feelings, your emotions, you know, those no one has answers to. So I picked up a paintbrush, believe it or not. And I said, I need to figure it out. And the only way I'm going to figure it out is through painting. I just, I really need to process why I'm feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And as soon as um, I started painting away, I was able to non-verbally process those emotions mm. for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, you and I talked about this in one of our conversations just 
talking conversations about you kind of meet yourself in art. You know, um, it's not a coincidence that art is the oldest form of communication between humans um, as far as like preserved or captured communication. And um, I find it also fascinating that we, the art returns us to who we are. And I, I've been thinking a lot about uh, power traditions versus wisdom traditions. I wrote about this on um, Massive's um, Substack a few weeks ago. And that art is it's an invitation to return to wisdom that we have inherent inside of us. And whether that's you're going to go to an art museum, you're going to sit and actually look at the art, or you're going to have an immersive experience, you're going to try something new, like you said, pick up a paintbrush and try to try to bring out of your body what you're feeling. All of that is you're getting to know the, uh, you, uh, you're getting to know yourself and return to yourself in a way that I don't know that there's there's a better way to do it than that. Um, so I'm curious about, before we get into the formal questions, how, how has been your relationship with art, even as a, as a consumer of art over the years, how has that evolved as from your childhood until today? It's evolved in the sense that, you know, and you highlighted some really important points. I mean, historically going back, it was a way to convey messages. And each time I would look at a piece of work, it would convey a message that I could relate to. There would be something in the artwork that would transform me, my mindset, and I would walk away thinking, okay, I'm not the same person I was before I looked at that piece of work, before I looked at that artwork. That artwork gave me a different perspective a mind, a thought. And even now, when I look at other people's artwork, it leaves an impression on me. Because not only am I understanding those strokes and the colors, but I am digging deeper into understanding the artist. Who is yeah. the artist? Why did they decide to pick up the paintbrush? You know, so I want to understand more about where did this come from? Yes. I, yeah, that's beautiful. It it reminds me of a quote I just read, and it's I get the tingles because it's it's you know you come across quotes, and that's you know that's one of the ways that the God or the universe communicates with me is um, there's a quote by Matthew Fox who is a kind of a noted modern Christian mystic actually. But he, he said, only art as meditation reminds people so that we will never forget that the most beautiful thing a potter produces is the potter. Mm. And, you know, there's not much. I mean, so there is this, you meet yourself. Yes. As, as we said, but also, as you said, you meet you, what an intimate way to get to know someone. Mm. Um, and it's, uh, it's really beautiful and innocent and um and so necessary uh for our own personal growth especially if you're doing healing work of any sort you know whether it's trauma integration or multi-generational trauma or whatever art is the door to do that um or one of the one of the key doors to doing that so let's jump into the questions that we we want are both going to answer and the first one is 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 uh, we'll go with the simple small one, 
No, we're not. It's going to be a heavy, a good, big question is, is art a spiritual practice? Or maybe another way to ask that is when is art a spiritual practice? I think, you know, art and many other mediums, you're reconnecting with yourself. And there's people I ask, okay, so, you know, what do you do to reconnect with yourself? And, and when they ask me, well, what do you do? I said, I, you know, I like to paint. And they're like, oh, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to do hot stuff. And I feel, you know, it's very over the surface. People want quick fixes. But if you want to have an intimate relationship with the self and mm-hmm. have self-awareness, you really need to turn inwards. And it becomes a spiritual practice because it involves connecting with a higher power or inner mm-hmm. self. And mm-hmm. You know, like I said, it is an intimate process and only you can do it. And you do connect intimately with yourself in ways that no one else can do for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think art is a spiritual practice, but it's got a, it's got a, a little bit of like a koan or, or, or riddle inside of it, which is if it's not art the art isn't the action it's not even the materials it's not even the output you can you know there's tons of examples of pop culture stuff that is not necessarily a spiritual you know piece of spiritual insight and that's okay we you know we all need to be entertained uh too but what makes art a spiritual practice to me is the intentionality and and what happens that I've noticed with art as a spiritual practice is it's about presence. One of the things about art is you cannot make art in the future and you cannot make art in the past. Mm. You can only make it right now. And so any practice, and I'll bluntly, boldly say this, any practice that makes you present is a spiritual practice. I think being present is the ultimate spiritual practice. And so I think, I think also looking at this way is that if presence is the ultimate spiritual practice. And then, then what do we do with that? And I have figured out that at least there's four primary things. One is uh, serving, serving others. That's something we do when we're present, we can go out and serve because we're paying attention in a different way. It's the essence of namaste. You know, we can, we, we see each other in each other that's serving and then learning the ability to, um, it makes what makes humans so so unique is our ability to transfer knowledge to each other and and that there's so many things we can learn. So learning is in there. Um, moving is in there. This is where moving could be working out, ecstatic dance, making love, <laughs> you know, any of those any sort of movement is that you're present in is a spiritual practice. And then finally, the one that we've been talking about is creativity as a spiritual practice because you have to be there to do it. And I love also this, something you said, Sonal, is that you can't, no one else can do it for you. And that's the same with presence. No one else can be present for you. There's no proxy to presence. You have to do it yourself. Um, I, I, I love that you had highlighted the most important factor. It's being present. Because our minds, if you pay attention, we're constantly thinking about, okay, tomorrow, next month, next year, what happened last week and calendar appointments, 100%. It is the act of being present. And when you are present, you're pretty much grounding yourself, you're rewiring yourself, and you're Mm -hmm. 
tuning into your core, your uh, your your essence, and mm-hmm. uh, that can, you know that is the, that in itself is the act of if that's the art of living. That's the act of mm-hmm. doing, mm-hmm. and and creating in all of these various mediums, whether it be writing, music, or cooking, mm-hmm. filmmaking, anything. You're in that very exact moment. Yeah, I think that's why people are actually afraid of it. You know, there you hear people that say, well, oh, I can't do that. I can't paint or I can't write or I I, I always want to sort of gently call bullshit because every, we're all creators. We're all creators. There's it's just a matter of finding your medium. And what I think it really is is the sub the the, the thing that's most terrified of creativity is your ego. Um, I think that's why artists have often struggle with their ego um, and that, and that, you know, the classic uh, uh, anguished artist, uh, the agony and the ecstasy of Vincent van Gogh and that type of thing. But in, if you paint or draw or make music or dance or whatever, like you said, any pick a modality, you will meet yourself. And I don't think most people want to meet themselves. I really don't. I think, I think they like the idea of it, but and when you, to do the work, to go inward and to be present in your life and to be able to observe your decisions and take ownership over your decisions, to take ownership over your what you're putting out into the world and how you're investing time and energy and your resources, art puts that all right in front of you because you did it or you didn't do it. That's, it's it. A, That's it. It's a vulnerable experience. Yeah. You're- displaying your vulnerabilities when you're in that creative process and exactly when you're vulnerable you're peeling layers of yourself and exposing yourself so and with that it takes a certain sense of autonomy um sovereignty to be in the place where you can display your vulnerabilities and be like okay this Mm -hmm. is what it is and it's okay you know yeah it also art confronts you with your deepest, you know, fears too, um, because especially if you're trying to make a living at it. Um, and I remember, and I've told this story a bit before, but when Caden, my my son, that's a full time, he's an artist by living, when he said he wanted to not go to college and wanted to just focus on his art, I one of the questions I asked him is, "Are you willing to be poor for your mm-hmm. art?" And it. I, I, and it's a very specific question because it's about a sense of poverty, not scarcity. And, and the fact that you, you have to, with art, you have to purchase your freedom. E- even if you are economically stable and you want to create art, you have to make room for it. It doesn't just happen. And so being poor for your art is a willingness to give up things that other people may have that they think makes them feel secure in order to make the thing that you're you're here to make. And, and again, most people don't want to do that. Most people don't want to face their fears or, um, or to make a sacrifice to, to bring this thing out of them. Um, So I want to shift into the second question. And, and because part of the reason I wanted to have you on is, what you're you're creating in the world besides your art this space that we'll talk about in a minute but I, I want to start with a question though that that we answer is so what do you think is the correlation between 
immersive sensorially experience, sensorial experiences and psychological and spiritual healing. What's the relationship be- between being immersed in something that stimulates the senses and also healing? Well, in order to move forward in having that sensorial experiences and kind of dovetailing your last statement, you have to get out of the comfort zone. Right. You really, you know, if you want to learn, if you want to grow, you have to get out of the comfort zone. And in order to help individuals process what they're feeling, having this psychological healing and immersive sensorial experience it enables the individual to process and um, release those emotions, you mm-hmm. know, listening to music um, that resonates with your current emotional state can provide a cathartic outlet for expressing and understanding our feelings. Mm-hmm. The immersive experiences seeing that touches on our senses, whether it be smell feel, hear, see, you're invigorating so many areas of your mind, body, and soul that touches on points that will trigger, a, you know, as a memory, you know, a memory mm-hmm. that brings comfort, that brings some sort of um, relaxation, reduces stress. And overall, if you look at it, it improves your mental health because you're tapping into all of these senses. Mm-hmm. And then the spiritual healing often involves connecting with a higher power and inner self. So this immersive sensorial experience, it, fills, it facilitates this connection because you're creating a sacred space for introspection and contemplation. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when you're, when you're meditating, for example, and you're putting soft music or you're doing aromatherapy into your spiritual practice, you're fostering a sense of inner peace and connectedness. Mm. And I feel that when you are having a sensorial experience, you are bringing together all of those senses and you're creating a new experience within yourself. Mm. And, um, and I feel like it takes you to another realm, you know, if you were to go deeper into it. It also promotes, you know, a sense of unity because you're sharing this interconnectedness with others. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I think for me, having an immersive experience is a way for me to stay present. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Because you, you, it's hard to drift when it's immersive, um, you know, where you just drift along through it. And, I think it's interesting what you were saying too, is that the, the, well, I'll put it this way is you take something like uh, trauma and trauma is stored um, in the nervous system and therefore in the body um, often as uncharged emotion. Yes. And so I, 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 I'll use a very personal example is, um, uh, at the end of May, uh, Virginia and I watched a man named Otto, the Tom Hanks movie. And I haven't, I haven't cried like that since I don't know when, but I could not stop crying. And I realized what it was, was it, it awakened to me, this, 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 this movie awakened in me a realization that I was holding on to trying to hold on to the river 
like grab it and hold the river because I was so worried. I was so terrified that it will go away and, and, or that, um, or, and also that I didn't want to take it for granted. And the cathartic aspect of that, it was, it was, you know, crying for me is a little bit like vomiting as I, you know, I don't like to do it, but I feel better afterwards. And that kind of, not like teared up, but like sobbing. Mm. And, and I could, you know, you could give me a book to read or a conversation about the reason behind it. And I would have intellectually understood it. Maybe it resonated in my soul, but it wouldn't have come out as a physical manifestation of the healing that was happening. And I, I came out of that moment. Uh, it was a, I think anything that has a before and after is a spiritual experience. And there was a before and after of that, of that moment of like, I am going to live every moment that the whole point is to be present in my own life because I have so many reasons to be present in my life. And that movie, it, you know, brought that out in, in many ways more than like the notebook did, which is, was also a movie that made me cry. But this, that movie was wow. And it's art. That's what art does. That's what makes it so amazing. I need to check that movie out. I really do. Yeah. It's, it's very unique. It's almost like a movie that would have been made. Like I could have seen like Peter Sellers playing the, playing the main character in the made a movie made in the mid seventies. Like it's got long camera holds, which is very, pretty rare in in modern filmmaking and it doesn't have like a complex plot it's pretty simple plot and obviously with tom hanks it's very well acted um so the other thing that comes up for me here too with this question about this 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 relationship between immersive sensorial experiences and psych and, and healing is is the fact that it's only through immersive experiences well i'll put it this way we came from an immersive experience in the womb mm-hmm. where all we knew, all we knew was the sensorial inputs, the five sensorial inputs over and over again for as long as, you know, for, for whenever we, our little brains started to have the awareness of those experiences. And you can only return to that, to kind of the cosmic womb by going inward in a very deep way. And it reminded me of a Thomas Merton quote where he referred to it that at the, at the center of our being is a point of nothingness, which is untouched by sin and by illusion and sin, not in the traditional religious sense. And I think what an immersive, what you're immersing in is not the art you're immersing in you and you're experiencing the art with thoughts suspended. And that's what's healing because then your nervous system can settle and your, your, your uh, emotions can be expressed, whether it's shivering, crying, laughing, roaring, whatever, it, whatever it is, you can't get to that place of the point of nothingness without being in those sort of immersive experiences. Wow. Justin, you know, you are able to articulate what my feeling my emotion, what my vision has been trying to articulate. And what you just touched on was so profound because I have been trying to figure out how to convey this. Mm. Your thoughts are suspended Mm -hmm. and you cannot do that in just being in 
any situation. You fully have to be immersed in order to establish that, you know, elevation. It's um, it's very deep what you just said and very profound. So thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. And I and this kind of sets it up to ask you though about what what's you're calling the table and gallery. Um, and just share with the listeners a little bit about what that is. Well, it's um, the table and gallery is uh, immersive fine dining, food meets art. It's um, an immersive dining experience. So it's not just food meets art, but it's also having music, having writers, having artists, having you know culinary artists, creatives come together. And yesterday I was um, having my moment. I, I shot a short film, the first short film at the table and gallery. Mm-hmm. And all the creatives come together. And that included the artists that are going to be exhibiting their work each month. The menu is going to be curated around their background, their upbringing, the influences of what nourish their soul when they were creating that's going to be on the menu so each month we're going to not only highlight the artists exhibiting their work but also the food that motivated inspired them nourish their soul intertwined with music and film and the film that that was um shot yesterday highlighted all the artists and all the artists sat around and discuss what they do. And they shared what they do with other creatives. And in that moment, when I had that camera in my hand and I'm shooting this with the DP and the crew, I kid you not, Justin, I had the most profound experience where I was connecting with others and I was creating this community of where it was a sense of belonging that we're we're nurturing each other's growth in this process. We're nurturing each other's talents in this process. And, you know, we're, we spent a good portion of the day shooting this short film. And at the end, we all got together, took a group picture, and they turned to me and they were just filled with gratitude that they had a space where they could connect with other creatives, where they could showcase and share their intimate stories about what inspired them to do what they're doing. Usually spaces would be like, okay, well, we just want to sell your stuff and what's the value and what's that? And they're like, you are actually asking us what's our story, you know? And that in itself, I said, your story is, is more powerful. Because that's what had you create, you know, and we all have a story to tell. And all of these mediums, whether it be music, writing, um, creating delicious meals, making films, they're, they're all they're all customized, personalized, individual, intimate stories that are inside us that need to be told and shared. And how do we learn by sharing? Right. Wow, that is fascinating. Where is this location? It's in New Haven, Connecticut. New Haven, I'm, Connecticut. Yes, okay. part of New Haven, Connecticut. Wow. Well, I hope it's a smashing success and that you're able to open them 
and other locations. Um, I think of it's not the same, um, but the there's the oh I'm going to forget the name of it. It's an immersive art experience that is there's one in Santa Fe that's um, and I'll remember it and I'll put it in the show notes later. But um, where now they've started to open up other locations um, around the United States because of the response to that initial you know mothership location. Um, what also strikes me too is that story that you just shared about what's happened over the last yes over the day or the last couple of days is you know you you you're introducing people to artists not just their art you know and whether or not they actually ever meet the person the way that you're doing it is that you're you're saying and you're extending to the people that you're working with in this process you're not saying come and give me some art you're saying here's a place for you to express you and what you do and share, share your gifts. And that sounds like it's a little bit of nuance, but I've often thought we should call them artist galleries instead of art galleries, because if we understood the story of the people that made the things that we're, that we consider to be artful, I think it changes how we see what we're experiencing and you're giving them a home with, with what you're doing to, be experienced as artists, not just for people to look at or taste or feel art. Um, I think that's cool. Exactly. And it's also in itself, um, it's a sense of uh, spirituality, because with yeah. spirituality, you, with your hands open, you're inviting everything and everyone, mm. you know? Yeah. So you're sharing this experience together. And you're doing it with no bias, no judgments. It's just pure love. If you really yeah. look, pure yeah. love, it's all invitation. And, and I'm saying this because in that room yesterday, everyone felt nothing but love. You know, they weren't judged. They weren't held back. They were, you know, promoted in their true essence of who they are. Yeah. And guards were down and everyone felt so comfortable. It was like just being in, you know, your favorite comfort. Um, you know, when you're a kid and you have like your favorite blanket and it keeps you secure. Right. It was like, we were just enveloped around this big, secure, warm, cozy blanket and everybody just felt good in the mm -hmm. process. And that made me feel good as a humanitarian that, you know what, I'm, I'm at, I'm servicing others and I'm yeah. giving others by allowing them an opportunity to share what they have been so desirous to share. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That's that, you know, I, I've not experienced this directly, but like the, um, the intimacy of a, like a, like a, um, I've seen the video of like a men's retreat where they're, you know, with, you're there with other men and you're, you're bonding in different ways. Um, it's what I refer to as emotional nudity um, is that everything is just stripped down to what you are and there's no pretense. And that goes back to presence is that presence and pretense cannot coexist in the same space. Uh, so you are creating a place where the reason that you feel that love is there's no room for pretense. There's only room for presence and mm -hmm. for people to be seen as they are. And 
I think that's amazing. And it kind of goes into the last question is, um, is how would one tell the difference between, let's say, being uh, having a spiritual experience with art and just being entertained? And not that there's anything, it's not binary, good or bad, but what's the difference between those two things with, with you, but from your perspective? You know, from my perspective, if you're being entertained, you're sitting back and you're watching someone else do the work. You're not because you're just you're, you're you're not involved in the process. Whereas when you're actually in it spiritually or creatively, you're involved in the process, mm. and you are growing with that process and you're walking away discovering something new about yourself. Whereas being entertained is like watching TV and having someone else do the work for you. You walk away with a temporary feeling of, you know, like you said, you watched the notebook, it made you cry. Mm -hmm. And then that lasted for how long, you know, I mean, was it developmental for you? You know, not, so you, yeah, not, yeah, not the notebook. the The man, the man named Otto, that stays, it stays with me. I can feel that feeling. I can, this is, the, I can go back in a half, in a heartbeat, and I remember the feeling of of that. I don't, I remember the event of the notebook or Titanic or Lone Survivor. You know, other movies that were that made me cry. I remember the event, but this movie, the man, the man named Otto, I remember the feeling. And that's the, that was the difference. So now you just opened up another perspective of mine, because as a filmmaker, and if I'm going to put these short films out every month, I'm not doing it for pure entertainment, but I'm doing it. Well, you know what? Now you got me thinking, Justin, yes, <laughs> you have to have entertainment, but at the same time, you want to have that moment with the same way you had connected with that film you saw it, it left an impression on you right and you you're still talking about it so that yeah. means you know what what they did was they not only entertained you but they took you to a place in your personal realm that mm -hmm. they just tapped into it and that left right. an impression so i think merging both the mm -hmm spiritual and sensorial experience with being entertained i think mm -hmm. that's what matters you want to merge them um yeah be because the the entertainment part of it related to the spiritual aspect is the play it's the playfulness the inner child mm. you know it's not you can't you know if it's too adult you know minded in its structure it's and it's not fun then you lose, you lose a big portion of what you want people to experience is a safe place. Art should be a safe place for the inner child to come out, both for the artist and for the recipient of the art. Um, and so I love that idea. I, you know, when I crafted the question, I, I didn't think about it that way. I, I didn't judge that entertainment was bad necessarily, but I never thought, well, actually you need both in order to have the result or the impact that you want to have. Um, and I, I think, I think back to, you know, the, I've had many um, immersive experiences in life, but like I said earlier, I don't, I don't know. I've been entertained. 
you know, we live in the era age of entertainment and been to some amazing concerts. And, you know, I went to, I saw the years and years ago, I saw the blue man group in Vegas, but it's not a before and after. And I think that's what it is for me. And this is just my own experience with this is that if there's not a before and after a moment of transformation, um, then it was just entertainment and that's okay. Uh, Virginia and I are watching suits, the, the, the show, the show about the law firm, very entertaining, actually pretty good conversation starting. One of the things that we, we do is that an episode is like 45 minutes long, except for us, it's like an hour and a half because we pause and have like a conversation about what's happening. Um, but it's, it's intellectually stimulating, but intellectually stimulating is not the same as an immersive sensorial experience because I'm going to loop back to something you said is that entertainment is witnessed. Um, the immersive sensorial experience, you become one with it. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know where you end and the art begins in the immersive sensorial experience, like a sound bath would be come to mind. I don't, you feel like you are the sound or the bowl um, as opposed to the blue man group, which was really cool. Or, you know, seeing um, one of my favorite bands and play at a, you know, at a venue or whatever. Um, the difference was I'm there and I'm witnessing versus I am there and I am gone. I have lost me because I have become one with what's happening. Um. So a kind of a final question is, you know, the, and I didn't send this to you in advance, but I'm going to, I'm going to gamble that you'll uh, be okay with me asking this is how, what are something, what are some things that people can do to do, to create these immersive sensorial experiences that promote healing and connection to self and source and all that? What, you know, not everybody can come to Connecticut and experience what you're doing. What are some simple things that people can do themselves to create a similar experience in their lives, something they could do right away. My first suggestion would be is to send me an email. If you can't <laughs> get to New Haven, Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. If you can't make it to New Haven, Connecticut, shoot me an email. I, I will make arrangements. The second um, response to that, if you're trying to create a sensorial experience in your own space, mm-hmm. sanctuary of your home, or whether it be, you know, company retreat is to create these outlets where people can come together and merge. When you're creating, you're connecting, you know, mm. like when you're and you're creating a meal, everyone connects, everyone is together. There's conversations that start forming and stemming up. Um, in that process, create that experience by having these available tools to suit and fit each individual's personality. You know, um, if you know who you're inviting and you know that perhaps they might take keen interest in playing the drums or picking up a paintbrush, you can have a sensorial experience where you're motivated by sound you know, while you're in the process of painting, um, immerse, um, you know, with food. One thing I play with with food is colors. So if there's a significant theme in the artist's work, um, 
that promotes where the color um, green is a prominent theme or the color um, gold is a prominent theme. Okay, what what ingredients actually can we use that really promotes the color gold? And then, you know, this is where I look at the team and I say, okay, give me some ideas. What is going to naturally create the color gold? And then we start saying, hey, turmeric, saffron. Mm -hmm. There's mm. all of ingredients that create these beautiful colors on a plate um so there you can have so much fun with it you really have to think out of the box yeah uh, it's interesting how you you answered that in a in a way that was surprising to me that it was about an exp creating an experience that others can participate in and what a beautiful starting point because i wouldn't have gone there i would have been like you know uh you know create some sort of private uh sensorial immersive immersive sensorial experience which is fine too but there's something about connecting with others that makes it even it, it's almost like a force multiplier of the sensorial experience um and i also think too is that it, you can you can create an immersive sensorial experience by simply stopping, just stopping, even for a minute and noticing your breath and noticing with what's called Shoshin eyes or new eyes in any given moment. And you realize that life is an immersive experience and it is only an illusion that it's not. If you just pause for a moment and look at a tree and look at all of the various, because of the dappling of light, all of the various hues of the green or the color of the bark, or you can hear a bunch of the same breed of birds singing. And if you pay attention, they have their own sound, or you can watch squirrels playing and no two squirrels behave exactly the same. And you start to look around and you're like, holy shit, this whole experience is immersive. And then you'll want to return to it and you'll want to go to New Haven and try it in a more, even a, even a grander level or whatever you, whatever you, wherever you're called to go do this, but you can do it right now by just stopping. And that to me is a holy gift um, of being a human. And um, you just pretty much read the timeline of my life when you mentioned the birds and squirrels, because I started off um, living my life in Hermitage for four years mm. or relocating to New Haven. And in that time, I was immersed in nature, looking at the trees, looking at the birds and the squirrels and having my conversations with these, you know, natural beings in our planet. And that's when I realized they each have central capability and those central capabilities are now redefining their complex capability. So mm -hmm. this complex environment, you know, this squirrel will learn something like, okay, it's not going to go near that hole. Cause that's where the Fox lives. You know, mm -hmm. it's able to maneuver and navigate and process the different landscapes. Same thing with the birds. And, I learned, I mean, if anything, they were my teachers. I was learning by observing and witnessing my natural surroundings and 
all of these wild animals? And I said, yes, they, they're all connected in this immersive backyard of mine. And I'm watching them and I'm watching them enhance their central capability while living in this complex environment. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, I think that is a good place to stop because what else is there to say? And uh, well, there's many things to say, but the way that you just closed there was was very powerful. Um, I will link to your website and how to find you and all of that in the show notes. Um, I can't wait. Uh, Virginia and I were talking about this the other day to come up and actually meet you in person and experience what you're doing. Um, you know what you've what, what you what you've created. And thank you so much for the time and effort and space that you brought to the conversation today. Justin, thank you so much for having me.